Hi, this is Pastor Don from Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I'm so glad that you joined into our service today. We are blessed that you are part of it. And you know, my prayer for you is this, that you will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and most of all, you'll be challenged by the Word of God today. So just get ready and join into the services. Service has already begun. God bless you. Okay, well, let's get started right into our lesson in Ephesians. We are now in Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. I think it's important to understand as we go in here uh, what we talked about actually last week. We were talking about our pre-journey kind of, how we were before we had a relationship with God. And uh, almost we use that before and after type of scenario and before, it was, it was pretty ugly. Before we had a relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it was pretty ugly. And Paul, in, in Ephesians here, he starts, he starts calling us out on it. So I think it's important, as I get started, is to read, just to go through them first three verses. If you have your Bible, please open up to it. Follow along with the church Bible or the overhead there. But it's important to uh, get this review because it's, it's going to get us into where we're going today. So um, verse 1, chapter 2, and here we go. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So this is the picture that's painted. This is what Paul is saying. This is the way you were before you became a saint. Okay, now we talk about this, and I'll just touch base on it. A saint is someone who who is living for the Lord, someone who made Jesus Christ Lord of their lives. We're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go here. But before we did that, Paul is telling us that we were dead in our trespasses. We were sinners. And make no mistake, you and I were. And if you haven't made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you're, you're still dead in your sin. And it's talking about our spirit is dead. Our spirit is, is dead. And when we go through uh, different uh, activities of our life, we can really judge, hey, do I have a new spirit? Have I been born again? Have I made Jesus Lord of my life? And if you have, some of these old things have to go away. Not just they should, but they have to go away because you're a new creation. You're a new person. If you have made Jesus Lord of your life, and you're still living like the way you used to, well, then question yourself if truly you made Jesus Lord of your life. Now, some people may say, well, what are you talking about? Well, let me explain as we go further here. So now what I want to do is I want to read the next couple verses of where we're going. And basically um, what it is, is is now we're coming out of being in the world. You know, in the world right now, sometimes we can't understand, especially you watch news, you can't understand what has taken place in the world sometimes. People do things that don't make sense. You know, if you want to talk political, you want to talk whatever it may be, I mean, the, the list goes on, that some stuff 
people's behavior, things like that. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And if you think that way, I say good for you because now you got the spirit of God in you. But if you don't think that way, if you think, well, they're just, you know, they're just sharing their rights and all that kind of stuff. But if their behavior is ungodly and you're okay with it, then you need to question, do I really have that relationship with God? I mean, really, we got to just always go back to the word of God. That's our, that's our, um, what we default to. This is our baseline. It's not what anybody teaches you, not what anybody says, anybody says from the pulpit here. It's what the word of God says. This is why when you come here, you're just going to see scripture after scripture, and all we're doing is connecting the dots. But again, before we accept that Jesus is Lord and Savior, we, we had a dead spirit. So if you remember, we kind of just continue to build this up again. And how am I going to do? If I'm born, I'm into this world as a sinner. I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, as we've seen in these first couple verses here. I don't have a chance on my own. I don't have a chance to get to heaven. I really don't. There's no way that I can do this on my own. But God, remember, this is where we left last week, and this is where we're starting this week. See, it's all about God. It's all about him. But it's but God. When God got into our lives, things began began to change. So this is really the theme of God's word. It's about God's love for us. Now, when you understand some of these things here, you begin to understand this, but God statement is powerful. I mean, it is very powerful. I know it's two words. Um, it's, it's one of them things that, you know, okay, so what is the rest of it? There is a comma after that, no doubt. But, but God should be very powerful in your life. It should have some meaning in your life. And I will say this to you. Have you ever had a but God moment. Now, here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying this. Yeah, I was driving down the road, and just before me, there was a big accident. But you know what? But God saved me. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you, you missing something, or you don't know my health, and my health is whatever. But God healed me. No, I'm not talking about that type of but God. I'm talking about a, a, a but God moment in your life is when you were dirty, rotten, sinner. You, uh, you were dead in your trespasses. You were dead in sin. You walked according to the world. And then you said, but God, but God changed me. That's the but God that we're talking about here in this next verse, verse four. So if you haven't had that moment with God, make sure you have it because it's the most important thing in your entire life. It's more important than your family. It's more important than your job. It's more important than your health. It's but God moment. It's the time that you made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. Now, I'll say this. If you're saying, well, I've really never had a, a one of these moments. Well, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be really blunt. Then you don't have the relationship that God wants with you. You don't have that born-again relationship that God is begging that he's so big, and this is what the cross is all about. This is what he wants in our lives. So continue to examine your own heart. Have I had that moment? Now, let me move on here. I want to go from this but God moment to why God. I want to be honest with you, and I think we can all say this. I don't understand God. 
And I'm not going to try to act like I understand God. I'm, yeah, I'm your pastor. I'm up here, you know, whatever, preaching. I should really understand. I don't understand God. I mean, to the fullest, obviously. Sometimes it's like, how can this be? We talked about a couple weeks ago, how could Jesus give mercy and grace to a, to a murderer on the cross? You know, some of this stuff doesn't make sense. The love of God is hard to figure out. His grace, his mercy, we just can't figure it out. Oh, we can take it to a certain level, but to, to take it to another level, we can't. But I think he demonstrated it to us in the greatest way that we can figure out. While we were in sin, while we were walking according to the world, under the prince of the power of the air, talking about the devil, talking about Satan, we were all subject to that. While we were in that time, he came and died for us. There's nothing more more of an act of love than that. But let's pick it up here in verse 4. We're going to go through verses 4 to 10, six verses. I'm going to read these verses, and then I'm going to backtrack like I normally do. But here we go. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his, king, in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, there's a whole lot of words there, you know, in these couple verses, and they're, and they're packed, it's packed with so much stuff. But what I want to do, again, now I'm going to just backtrack, and I want to just look at verse 4 a little bit, and hopefully we're unpacking something that we're getting it, that we're just getting it. We're starting to figure out what these 10 verses really mean. And again, as I've been studying these 10 verses, I'm, I'm like saying, there is, it's like almost a whole Bible in just these 10 verses. We're sinners. God saves us because of his love. And it just kind of all circles around that. But in verse 4, we start out again. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. Now, mercy means compassion. We would, we would know it as compassion, not giving what we deserve. This is what God is saying. I, I got compassion on you, even though you, you weren't no good. Even though that you might have not loved me, even though you were listening to the devil. You were running with the devil. You may not even realize that, but you were. But, but God still loves us. Now, here's the question I have. When did God start loving you? When did God start loving me? Well, let me say this. God didn't start loving you when you started coming to church. Okay, He didn't start loving you when you... Um, when you uh, start giving to the, to the offering box up here. He didn't start loving you then. He didn't start loving you when you came up to have that but God moment in your life. 
That's what he didn't start loving you then. He didn't start loving you when you were, you know, growing up and doing the right thing and nice things for people. You know what the Bible says? He's, the Bible says he loved us when we were dead in our trespasses. Verses one and verse five will get. When we were dead in our trespasses, God loved us. Again, this doesn't make sense. God's love to us just sometimes doesn't make sense. But thank God for it. Now, in Romans 5, 8, here it is. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, that sums it all up right there. That one verse really sums it all up. We're, we're trying to get a handle of why does God love us? You know, when Jesus came into this world, he didn't come in just for religious people. He didn't come in for kings. He didn't come in for, um, you know, uh, servants, masters, slaves. He didn't come in for that. He came in for everybody. He came in for everybody. That's what the scripture says. We see it in there. God demonstrated his, his love towards us in that while we were sinners, we, we were all sinners. Everybody's a sinner. So when we look at that stuff, we begin to see, okay, God, your, your love is, is really amazing. Your love is, is something else here. But we continue. We got to look at the next verses here. Verse 5, it adds on. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. This one verse is so powerful. This one verse has it all in here. If you take a look at it, it gives the full story of what has taken place. It says, when you look at it, even when I was a sinner, God made something happen that got me saved because he loves me. By his grace, by something I didn't do, but his compassion for me. So it's powerful. Again, these verses, we got to let them meditate in our mind. I hope sometimes you take notes when a verse hits you and write it down and just meditate on it for the next couple of days because God speaks to us through the word of God. This is, this is where the teachings take place, from the word of God, not from, not from a person up here. God speaks to us when we, when we are, are looking at his, at his word. So we look at a, a full story here. The grace is given to us, and we don't deserve it. The kindness that God gives us, we don't deserve it. But again, if you look at this verse here, this verse has taken you and me from hell to heaven. From hell to heaven. Oh, here goes Pastor Dime again talking about hell. You get a little squirmy. People don't like when you talk about hell. They really don't. Some people don't anyway. I'll tell you the people who don't like it. I'll tell you the people who squirm when you talk about hell are the people that don't have a right relationship with God. They're the ones that are squirming. And if you're squirming, let's just get it, get it right because this is what it's all about here is getting your life right with God because, because there is a real hell. There's a real heaven. And the Bible talks about it. Jesus talks about it. And let me show you what else the scripture says about hell. Here's, this should send you chills in Isaiah 14. Here's what it says. Hell from beneath is excited about you to meet you at your coming. This should give you chills. This really should. When you get an understanding of what this verse is saying. And if it's not for your own life, it may be for other people that you love. And when you get a revelation of what has taken place here, eternity, God, you know, you're here because obviously you probably believe the Bible and it's all everything's coming from the Bible. But when the Bible is saying, hey, there's a there's a hell and it's looking forward to you coming here. God is saying, uh-uh, man, I came first. I, I came here and I died for you. 
So you have an opportunity. This should get you out of your comfort zone. When you get a, when you get this, this mess, this verse inside of you, it should get you out of your comfort zone. It should make you think, you know what? I need to do something here. I need to do something. Maybe, just maybe, you have a loved one that's on the brink from, from this world to the next. You get a revelation of this one verse, and I would challenge you, go to that person right away. Don't let that person leave earth without having a relationship with Jesus Christ because hell beneath is, is excited for that person. And, you know, when we look at the word of God, God is continuing to tell us to go out. This is the way he gets his message out, each and every one of us. Then it says in verse 6, I'm going I'm to put it all together when we get to the end here. But in verse 6, it says, And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What a, what a um, status that God put on each and every one of us. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he puts us in a, in a position, if you will, seated with Christ. Right now, it's not a physical one, so to speak, but here on earth, God is recognizing you through his son, Jesus. So if you're in this status, if God has put you in this status, he sees you through his son, Jesus. You're seated at the right hand of, of you're, you're in, a, in a position that God has put you in a position. The status really requires a change in maybe our values. A new status new values. You know, again, if you are, if you made Jesus Lord of your life, you're seated at the right hand with him. You're in this position with him. Your status has changed in life. And I always like to continue to say, has things changed? Has things changed? Or are you still dabbling in pornography? Or are you still dabbling in uh, self-abuse with putting stuff in your body? You're doing things you shouldn't be doing. Entertaining sin. Are you, are you still finding the pleasure in sin? You, you, have a new, you have a new status with God. And that should be changing. The heavenly places, obviously, is a spiritual thing it's talking about. And in verse 7, he says here, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. This gets back to my first question I asked myself. I don't understand God. How can he love me so much? Why is he loving me so much? Why is he showing me this love? How much love does he have? Well, if we see in this one scripture here, it's going to take eternity for God, and he will continue to show his love, his mercy, his grace on each and every one of us. So in one step, one, in one way, we're looking at this and we can begin to see, okay, we're not going to figure out how much God loves us because we can't do it. For one, is in the scriptures, it's going to take an eternity for him to do that. So again, we're painting a picture here, so to speak, of, of God's love. If you remember, we talked about um, pre-journey last week. Now we're kind of in the journey of our relationship. Verse eight, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. Grace is God's job. That's what, that's, that's what, he, that's what he's all about. Faith is ours. He gives us faith. We got to continue to grow it. But salvation is a gift. Is a, is a gift. See, here's what I want to say here. 
we look at this word saved, we look at this word salvation, we can say, well, really, what is it? If you look in the original, well, it means rescue, which is cool. It's really neat. I mean, he's rescuing us from sin. He's rescuing us from hell. It also means to uh, preserve. He's preserving us for eternity. Also means heal. Healing, that's interesting. Most, you know, leave that for you to think about on that. But we see that in that in that scripture there. But when we look at this verse, we continue to say, for by grace, I have been saved through my faith and that not of what I've done. It's a gift from God. So many people think they earn their way into heaven. So many people think, well, I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven. Here's a good question to ask yourself. And you will, I'll tell you what, you will know for sure if you are right with God. I better get a drink before I say this one. I'm starting to get dry. I, I use this when I talk with people, but you can use it for yourself as well. Ask yourself this question. Why should I go to heaven? Now, if you started answering this question in your head and you said, well, I've been a good person. I have never hurt anyone. I come to church. I give money to the poor. I, I'm a good father, husband. I'm a good person. If you started out saying, well, I'm, you're wrong. Did you get what I'm saying there? You understand what I'm saying? Get that. You can use this for other people. If you talk to someone and say, well, let me ask you something. Why do you think you're going to heaven? If that person says, well, I'm a good person. As soon as they say I, it disqualifies them because they ain't getting to heaven. They're not, it's not going to, and, and this is the Bible. This is not me. This is what the Bible says. We're seeing it here. Now, here's how you know if you are going to heaven or if someone's going to heaven. If you, if you, someone asks you, are you going to heaven? Or someone, you ask someone, are you going to heaven? Or why are you going to heaven? And if the person says, because of Jesus, right then and there, you will know. That person, you will know that person is right with God, but also for yourself. So I'll say, are you going to heaven? Or I'll say this, why do you think you're going to heaven? That's really a question. Why do you think you're going to heaven? Again, if you start out with I, you're, you're not going to heaven. If you start out because of Jesus, you are going to heaven. Okay? Thanks for not walking out on me. That's a, little tough, that's a little touchy one there because I'm crossing some borderlines in people's lives. It's kind of like saying, who, you know, who you say, what are you saying about me? I ain't saying nothing about you. Let the word of God do it. So verse nine says it this way. Okay, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Again, for by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Works is saying, well, you know, I did this. I go to church. And in other words, it's starting out with this I thing again. I, you know, I help people out. I got, hey, I can say I'm a pastor. I'm not going to, I mean, you know, that's, but what I'm saying is it's not anything that I do. See, it's what Christ has done for me. Works in one sense, when we look at works, when if I'm trying to build myself up or you build yourself, works glorifies the person. Well, I think I'm going, and again, I'm, I'm using, I'm using examples that I, that I've heard and worked with. I'm a good person. You know, my goods outweigh my bads. Here we go to eyes, 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 always starting with that. But grace always glorifies God. 
So now we get into this last verse here as we start winding down. And this is a key verse here because we know, a lot of us know Ephesians 2, 8, 9 that we just went through, but now we're going to hit verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, after we're saved, after we had that but God moment where we went from being a dirty, filthy sinner, the ways of the world, before we had an, an uh, revel, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm trying to, not revelation, relationship, before we had a real relationship with God. I'm not talking about religion either, okay? I'm talking about a relationship. Before we had a relationship with God, something should have changed, something was different. But now that we're saved, it's not an end, it's a beginning. Your life should change. Things in your life need to change. We're not saved because of our good works. We're not saved because of our good works. We're saved for good works. We're not saved just to, to get fire insurance and get to heaven when we die. God has a plan for us. He has a, he has a path that we're on. We're, we're saved to be more like Christ. The Bible says here, we are his workmanship. We're his work of art. He's created us for something. And if we're still on that same path that we've been on for our whole life, you're on the wrong path. So I would say this, is there evidence of a relationship with God in your life? Is there evidence? Things have changed or should change. The foul mouth should, should be dwindling away. The entertainment of the world should be faded away. The clubbing, bar hopping, whatever it means, should be gone, should be totally gone. The stuff on the internet that we're looking at should be gone. You know what I'm talking about. The movies, all this stuff should be should have changed. That's a real change that takes place. That's the wow God that takes place. There's got to be that evidence in it. Again, he doesn't save us by our works, but for good works. To be doing something for him. Philippians 23, I'm sorry, Philippians 2, 13 puts it this way. For it is God who works in us, both to will and to work for his pleasure. You were created by God and you were created for God. God hasn't forgot about you. He hasn't neglected you. He's not putting you to the side. Matter of fact, he's got a job for you. He's prepared a plan and it's a good plan for each and every one of us. We just got to make sure that we're following him. See, again, we're not here just for eternity. We can stand at this time. We're not here just for eternity. We, we have a relationship with God, not just for eternity, but for the here and now. See, our works produces works. <laughs> you know, or I should say, God works in us so we can work for him to spread the gospel. Yeah, you see this right here. You see what's taking place here. Yeah, we're, you know, we got people here. We're on the internet, you know, wherever. That's great. But all of us are boots on the ground. All of us have co-workers that work right beside us that don't have this relationship with God. We're, 
or we have family members that don't have this relationship with God. Oh, they're nice people. Oh, they're really nice. Yeah, they're nice. I'm not arguing they're nice. But the point is, we got to make sure they're in, they get to heaven. And shame on us if we miss the boat there. Shame on us. But it's not too late because we're created to do good things. So if God created us to do good things, he's got our back. He's going to be our coach. He's going to get us through. So we continue to talk over this wow moment, this conversion, and this conversion should produce something in our lives. So allow it to continue to speak to you. The effect of that wow moment will produce works. You want to get out there and you want to talk to people about God. But so again, let me just wind down here. And here's what I'm saying. You see this, these first 10 verses, how we were, what God did, and how we are, and what we're supposed to be doing. You know, we're supposed to be doing things for God because God loves us. The Bible says, for God so loved you and me that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish. Perish means separation from God for eternity. You know, I was talking just this morning, the, the realm of time that we're, we are here, whether we live to be 100 years old or 110 years old, it's, it's not even, a, it's not even a, a, a flash when you talk about eternity. So we can, we can live our lives. We can have a bunch of houses. We can have a bunch of money in the bank. We can have a bunch of um, friends, a bunch of connections, all these great achievements. But at the end of the day, there's a time that we leave this world. We're not taking them houses with us. We're not taking them homes with us. We're not taking the money, all that stuff. We're not taking that with us. We can take other people with us if we share the gospel. But when we start getting revelation of God's word, and God's word is saying, you got a job. Jeremiah says, for I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts I have for you. They're good ones. It's a good one. God has a plan for your life. We just got to work it. We just got to continue to accept it. The prayer team is up here. If you never had a wow moment, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing, you know, it's going to knock you running around or anything like that. At least I don't think. But that'd be okay if you did. But the point really is, is if you haven't had that moment where you went from the first three verses to the next six verses, I hope you figured it out at this point, let the prayer team pray with you. We're serious about that. Or if you're dealing with some other issues in your life, the prayer team come up. Come up to the prayer team and be serious about your relationship with God. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for each person here. And Lord, I pray blessings to be upon each and every one of us. Lord, if you spoke to anyone's heart today, Father, I pray for them that they get it right with you and or help them get it right with other people, Lord. Father, time is short wherever we're at. Your message to us is we were once sinners, but your love, your grace, your mercy for us, you saved us as a gift. That's what your word says. It's a gift. And Lord, we have to accept the gift. If we don't accept it, we don't have it. So Father, I pray for all of us to make sure we accept the gift, we learn, and we follow what you say to do, Lord. If there are areas in our lives that need to be uh, cleaned up or removed, 
Father, that we would be serious and remove it. Our lifestyle, the activities that we do, the things that we put in our minds, whatever it may be, Father. Father, I pray that we get serious about removing these things in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we can live to live more holy lives, getting closer and closer to you. Because Lord, we know as we grow closer to you, we get further away from sin. So Father, I pray that each and every one of us will examine our heart to make sure we're right with you and to make sure that we're working for you as well. Lord, again, I thank you for each person here. I pray blessings upon blessings to be upon them. In Jesus' name, we pray. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by the service, and I hope God was really speaking to you. Let me encourage you to go to the church website at perryhall.life and click on the Jesus link. This will tell you a little bit more about how to get that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. as well. Thank you. God bless you, and have a great day.